0: Welcome to the Leader's Edge podcast. I'm Sandy Laycox, Editor-in-Chief of Leader's Edge. In this episode of our Personal Lines podcast series, Associate Editor Chris Hand talks with Scott Wick, founder and CEO of High Street Insurance Partners. Wick shares how failing at the relationship side of brokerage prompted him to take stock and start his own firm. He discusses the importance of vulnerability, the process of change, being a community-focused agency, and acquisition strategy. Give it a listen. We are here for this month's Personal Lines interview with Scott Wick. Scott is the founder and chief executive officer of High Street, which is based in Traverse City, Michigan. Scott, thank you very, very much for taking the time to talk with me today.
1: Thank you for having me, Chris. Excited to be here.
0: You have been in the insurance industry, uh, I believe, your whole career, and I'm wondering, uh, you founded um high street um fairly recently i want to ask where did you get the entrepreneurial bug was it always there
1: yeah it's a great question chris um i wouldn't say the entrepreneurial bug was there um i think what kind of happened with me and i i joke about this a lot even though it's it's it was no uh, joking matter i would say that i uh, I started High Street probably more out of my insecurity than anything else.
0: Wow. Okay. Explain that.
1: I was a producer that was only ever interested in writing large, sexy accounts. <laughs> you know, the, the, the bigger the accounts, the better. Okay. And I probably was that insecure producer that when I was fortunate enough to write a nice piece of business, I would be that insecure person that I would go get a professional logo printed, professionally framed, and I would try to put it on my credenza or I'd try to put it in my office in some way, shape or form that when somebody walked in to my office, I could pound my chest a little bit and say that I was the producer on that business. And it was really, really fun to find strategic ways to open the doors to get into those opportunities, and um, I love doing it. I love thinking about it. I love trying to find ways to network in, but I'll that, tell you. That in
0: perfect. itself sounds almost entrepreneurial.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair, and I appreciate that, but you know, I had a, I had a great team. I had great leadership. I had um, great support during that time, but what I did find was the insecurity component of that, Chris, was that when I was... When I did lose that business, it was really, really tough. And I'll tell you, I was uh, I was out one evening with a dear friend of mine, and uh, we were having dinner together. And he asked me a, a a difficult question for me to answer. And the difficult question that he asked me was, he said, "If you died tomorrow, how many of your clients show up to your funeral?" And it was a kind of a knife that went right through me. What was your Because answer? I'll tell you, I think I was doing a really good job being strategic. I think I was doing a nice job driving good, scalable, organic growth business at a great firm that was on a tr- tremendous trajectory. But I was failing at the personal relationship side of of with my clients, mm-hmm. with my colleagues, with who and what I wanted to be. And so that was more of why I started to put a pen to a paper and what I wanted not only my own personal book of business to look like, but what I wanted my personal development to look like, what I wanted a business to look like, and what I felt like was going to be the most important piece and the centerpiece of what we wanted to do as an organization. And that was that relationship component. And so um, it wasn't an entrepreneurial desire. It wasn't a desire to to uh, to run a business, the desire was to to focus more of my life, to focus more of my business on the great relationships that I do have around me, and how can I be a contributor to what they're doing, um, and be a true friend to what uh, to what I want to be as a person.
0: Wow, that's a hell of a story. You need to write that
1: down. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. It's uh, it's it's been wonderful, and I, I will tell you, I, I I recognize how fortunate I am to have found some amazing partners. You know, everyone tells me when I do these
0: interviews, and not that I even need to be told, but insurance is such a personal business built on on personal uh, relationships and and trust and so forth. So, when your friend asks you that question, that if you die tomorrow question. Were you surprised at your response? Did you did you did you not at that point uh, think that you were not holding up the personal end of the business?
1: You know, I, I I think of I I think of just being self-reflective, and if you look at kind of who we are as an organization, you'll find the word vulnerability a lot in our website. Really, You'll find it a lot in who and what we're trying to be. And I'm, I'm a tr- firm believer that vulnerability, Chris, is the only way to have any type of intimate relationship with anyone. And I also think, as Brene Brown would tell us, vulnerability is the birthplace of innovation, creativity, <laughs> and change. And so um, as I started to reflect on the question, um and really sleep on it and chew on it and think about it you know the answer that i came up with which is really why i started high street was the answer was probably zero you know i'm pretty confident chris that some of these risk managers some of these cfo's would have probably sent some pretty nice bouquets or you know flower <laughs> arrangements that they probably would have expensed and said, you know, this is my insurance broker. And I sent him to, to, to the funeral, but I'm not sure anybody's looking in my kid's eyes or is looking in my wife's eye and said, this is what Scott contributed to my life.
0: So that's, that's a slapped up beside the head. I would imagine.
1: It was. And I think, but it's real. And I think if I'm being vulnerable with, with myself, if I'm being vulnerable to this interview, um, that was a tough lesson. And I think that's something that, uh, I really wanted to focus on how I could change as a person, but how I could change what we're trying to do in this business.
0: So, all right, let me ask you about that. How, what did you do? How, how did you change? It's, it's, it's hard to change when you're a, a grown person and you're, and you're, and you're realizing that, you know, this is a very, you're changing, I don't know, your personality or, or at least your, your person to person approach. So tell, yeah. let, let me ask about that process. How did you go about that?
1: I had some unbelievable people around me. I had I had friends. I had um, counselors. I had you know people that I could rely on. And candidly, when failure is not an option, uh, <laughs> we can forget about creativity. We can forget about learning. We can creative. We can forget about innovation. And that was kind of the approach I took. And so. Uh, I I really had to focus inward, I had to focus on who and what I wanted to be what I wanted to look like, and, um, and make a change. And so we made some changes, we moved from from Chicago, and we moved to Traverse City, Michigan. And um, part of that was a a work inward. And and it was a, a work in progress, and what I wanted to be. And then, and, and like I said, thankfully, I have found some amazing partners and amazing people to build a great business with, and it's been a ton of fun doing that.
0: So let me ask you about the move. Yeah. Why why Traverse City, Michigan?
1: You know, I people ask me that often. Um, I have two answers for you, Chris. The first answer is um, Megan. That's answer number one. My wife grew up in Traverse City, Michigan. Um, so, uh, And then answer number two, is if you're gonna focus a business on truly being a community-focused agency, it's tough to do that in uh, in large urban setting. You have to be part of the community. They have to understand that you're part of the community. And so um, it was fairly natural for us to say, how are we gonna shift? And so we found a fantastic first partner in Peterson, McGregor & Associates based in Traverse City, Michigan. Um, and we were, we partnered with them in August of, of 2018. They've been just fantastic partners. And so I, I really jumped at the opportunity to move to Trevor city. It was, it was great for our children. It was great for my wife. Uh, and it was great for us to, uh, to really build a, a fantastic platform and a great jump off point to, to focus our times on the communities that we serve.
0: I want to get into all of that, but first I'm going to back up. Sure. <laughs> You told me earlier that you grew up in a small farming town in Southern Wisconsin. Tell me about your hometown and what it what it was like growing up there.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this, I'll start here, Chris. I've never met a successful person, whether that's in business or out of business that isn't proud of where they've come from. And uh, I certainly am proud of the way I grew up and the community that I grew up in. My, my parents were school teachers and coaches um i had was the oldest of, of three um we uh we loved athletics we loved our community uh and uh and, and and you're raised by a community and so those personal relationships really mean something in those communities um you couldn't get away with too much because <laughs> you knew there were plenty of eyes making sure that uh that you didn't get did get too out of line and i think yeah. what a wonderful uh, upbringing and an opportunity to uh, to be part of such a great community.
0: You talked about your athletic involvement, and I and and I, I know that uh, as we talked earlier, you uh, uh, ran track for uh, University of Wisconsin. Tell me about how you got into that sport with with all the other uh, options. You know, all the other basketball, football, baseball. Uh, how how did you end up as a track and field person?
1: Well, my dad was a basketball coach, and okay. uh, uh, it was a result of him being a basketball coach. I was a bit of a gym rat, and so I—I I, I, that was always the first love was playing basketball. Uh, and then I've shifted and, and and played some soccer, shifted and played some some football. And uh, my dad would say we need to work on this your speed. And so we uh, we lived on a couple acres, and in these small communities, you, you in these small. Uh, you know, rural areas, you get these big open fields. Well, he would take a lawnmower and he would, he'd mow down some grass (laughs) and we would work on 40 times as a young kid. And I was thinking I was getting ready for football. 40 yards. Uh, uh, Yeah. And so as we went through that process, it started to get a little boring for me. So uh, being a coach, he he drove up to the high school and he grabbed a couple hurdles and he put those in the yard. (laughs) And so I would start running over hurdles. So that was the start of my hurdling career, and uh, and and we had some great memories out on uh, on a grassy field that my dad would mow uh, mow some some uh, some grass down so I could work on my hurdles. So it was uh, it was a fun start.
0: That sounds like a Hollywood movie. <laughs> I, I,
1: I I don't think there'll be too many movies about me, but uh, but but it was. Uh, well, was a, was a fun way to get your start.
0: I I can see the dad going to the high school and bringing the hurdles back and setting them up in the big big field. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Obviously, the whole idea of community is 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 important. And and you mentioned earlier that that was one of the reasons you moved to Traverse City, uh, your your wife's connection notwithstanding. Um, why why is community so important to you
1: and to High Street? It's about relationships. And so community is the epitome of vulnerability. <laughs> um, you don't get the ability in a small community or in a community to, uh, you know, to put a to put a hat on and go to the grocery store. Um, people know you in the grocery store. They want to talk to you. They want to talk about your kids. They want to talk about your business. And I think finding a community is all about finding relationships which is all about finding vulnerability. And that's what we're focused on. And that is filling my bucket.
0: In some of the information that you sent me earlier, you you mentioned the the, the really rapid growth uh, that you've experienced with High Street, much of it through acquisitions. Was that always, um, were you always planning such a busy schedule of, of acquisitions from, from the start? Was that always part of the plan?
1: I, I think it was to be at the right pace, Chris. Um, and then I think your partners start to believe in what we're doing, and they start to find other agencies that look an awful lot like they do, that are pillars of their communities. And that's when the ball starts to roll down the hill or pick up some some steam. And so um, it wasn't to have this type of rapid pace. You know, when I look at the five-year business plan, we basically, you know, we went 5 there. I put a business plan together and said... You know, if, if the stars align and everything goes according to plan, in five years, we could be a $100 million business. And I think some people probably thought that was nuts. Um, I will tell you, when I penned it, I probably thought I was being a bit <laughs> lofty. Um, but five years, we've we've grown the business into uh, to a $500 million top line business, depending on what publication you look at, a top 26, 27, 25 um, broker in the U.S., Um you have to pinch yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it says a lot about what our partners have done, not only their belief in bringing other great partners in, um, but continuing to to grow and scale their own book of business in the communities they serve and taking advantage of those, those, those resources. And I think what our team can do to continue to help people grow and scale, it's been a great story and we're having a ton of fun doing it.
0: Why do you think you've grown so quickly? What's, what's, is, there, is there a secret? Is there, is there an approach that you're taking that's, that other businesses aren't?
1: I think the benefit that we have, Chris, right now, candidly, is if you look and I, if I look at the 160 transactions we've done mm-hmm. and I put them all in the room, they all look pretty similar to each other. They all have a very similar target customer. And so it's a little bit easier to build a resource platform. It's a little easier to build a strategy around your data. It's a real, it's easier to have an integration plan when all of your agency partners look the same. We're not trying to be everything to everybody. I, I'd have a hard time competing in Manhattan. Um, that's not who and what we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I really like competing in Utica, New York, um, because I think we have... Um, great partners in the Utica New York area. We are part of the community. We serve it well. Um, we're supportive. Um, and, uh, and I think as a result of that, you grow. I think you scale because we're building resources that everybody can use. And I, I think that helps the story and helps our partners feel like they're being hurt.
0: All right. I'm going to let you go. Good luck with everything. You got lots going on. Uh, good luck with all of it.
1: Thank you, Chris. I enjoyed today. All righty.
0: Thanks so much. That was Scott Wick of High Street Insurance Partners and Chris Han of Leaders Edge. I hope you enjoyed their conversation. For more Personal podcasts, visit leadersedge.com or subscribe at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud.